me in prayer as they go. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for we thank you for your Son Jesus. Uh, we thank you that uh, although Paul tells us in Philippians two, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but humbled himself. So though he was above all, he came and he humbled himself, uh, not only to the form of flesh and blood human being, but Lord, he took upon the form of a servant. God, forgive me whenever I can't serve other people. Forgive me when I think too highly of myself. took on the form of a servant and he he suffered and he endured the cross. And it's through that, Lord, that you've highly exalted him above every name, every king, every kingdom, every ruler and authority. Uh, Lord, we pray that today we would Uh, See him in his rightful place as our liberating king. We would follow him, Lord. We would live like he lived. Equip us to do that work, Lord. Uh, Lord, the text says that uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Uh, Lord, we want to uh, be part of uh, magnifying and exalting and making known Your Son so that those will fall down. They will bow and they will confess that He is Lord. So equip us to do that work as well. Uh, Be with us over these next few moments, Lord, I pray. Uh, Open up our, our, our minds, our hearts, our eyes, our ears. Uh, open up our hands, uh, Lord, uh, not only so that we can receive what you have, but Lord, so that we can uh, use uh, our faculties for your kingdom's sake. We pray these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. Amen. Uh, over the last uh, few weeks, we've been talking about uh, this uh, idea of being in the season of seizing opportunities. Um, for discipleship, worship, fellowship, and service. And, and, and kind of this is all kind of born out of this, this reality that uh, since COVID uh, started in March of 2020 um, uh, and, and through these last few years, uh, we've just become kind of a different church than we were then. Uh, we're different in the fact that uh, there are people who are here today that were not here then. There are people who are not here today that were here then. There are people who've gone through different life stage transformations. I'm looking back there at Josh and Shayla, and uh, they've had a couple babies. And um, one of them has a set of lungs on her this morning, right? Um, but uh, she, uh, uh, that's a transformation of, of life. And y'all who um, ha- had young children at one point, you know, um, there's, a, there's a, 
a draw on your time and your energy and your resources whenever those babies come along. And so uh, think about that. I think we have people who were, who were working nine to five jobs steady um, in, their, in their career, and now they're uh, retired or semi-retired, and uh, they, they used to spend all their time in Friendswood, and now they have vacation homes, and now they're thinking, well, are we going to stay in Friendswood, or are we going to move to our vacation home? And so um, we have those kinds of things that have changed over the last few years. And so, um, and so we find ourselves uh, also in the midst of this, uh, this, this, this culture uh, where um, if you look around, if, if you look around at church culture, you can look at all these different churches around us and you can start to feel like, and I felt like this as a pastor and I've shared this, you can start to feel like you're not measuring up a little bit. And, uh, and so, um, and so uh, not only can I do this as a pastor, I know people can do that in the, in the pews as well. Start going, okay, well, and it can start, you can start looking around and go, well, they have this program and I like that program and they offer that. And it could be, well, we don't have that and we don't offer that. And so then there can become a decision-making time. Do we need to leave here to go there so that we can get that uh, that, that, that desire, that need met. And, and so, um, so we, we live in this, in this world where we, where we find that there are great churches in our community and, um, and, and, and you know, we kind of just want to, uh, well, really uh, find our, our we, we want to, or we found ourselves in a place to where we kind of need to go, okay, who are we? What are we about? We're, we're going to identify the opportunities that we are going to endeavor upon. And, uh, and then so that we can walk confidently in that and we can pursue those things. And, uh, and so whenever I'm talking about identifying opportunities, uh, real practically, here's what I say and think about that is as a church, we got to think about what we want to use our time, energy and resources on as a collective body. Now, y'all should also understand this, uh, the, the, the paradigm, the concept that I have at, of, of church is not just that stuff that we do here, right? This is us gathering. We gather as a church to, to provide opportunities for discipleship, worship, fellowship, and service. But everything that we do as a church is not for you to check it off a box and say, I'm doing discipleship, I'm doing worship, I'm doing fellowship and service. What we do as a church is to cultivate us to shape us, to form us as people who, when we are in our, in our life and work or school or wherever we find ourselves in the marketplace, wherever we are, we are being disciples and we are equipped and able to, 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 to make disciples. Um, we are um, cultivating this, this heart of worship, not so that you come in on Sunday mornings and, 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 and we just satisfy and we you know, pluck the right strings and play the right chords and we satisfy all that just on Sunday mornings, but so that you become a person who worships in your daily life and, and, and we, we want to cultivate that and shape us and form us into those people. And, and, and when we do things of fellowship, it's not just so that like, hey, we're not trying to create a cult here right? <laughs> or, or a commune, right? It's not just like, hey, be part of Friends of Baptist Church, come on. And, and we're all like living fellowship together, but it's also to cultivate it so that like, like, like uh, we get together and we do things as a church and fellowship but then you that, that that creates relationships amongst people in our congregation to hang out and to fellowship and to commune with one another to grab coffee to grab lunch to hang out on a friday night those sorts of things and so um and, and then all 
also, it's not just uh, discipleship, worship, fellowship. It's also service. Like we do things where, where, we, where we have opportunities where we can serve here as a church. I think about like Family Promise. Family Promise is this um, mission endeavor that we have as a church. And it gives us an opportunity to serve people. It gives us a practical opportunity to serve people. It gives us a good opportunity to serve people who are really, really different from us in the sense of like a socioeconomic difference and sometimes even an ethnic difference and sometimes even like a life uh, style or life stage difference, right? We get to serve people who are very different from us and it gives us an opportunity to 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 love them and to provide uh, for some practical needs to, that they have, to get to know them. Uh, and And so that is an opportunity for us to serve but that shapes us and forms us to be able to and equips us so that we can go out and in our, in our regular living, we can continue to uh, do that type of work as well. And so, so when we talk about things that we do as a church, it's, it's not just to check all the boxes. It's those things that we want to do to shape us and form us so that every day in, 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 in you know, when we're, when we're gathered as a church or when we are out being the church, we are able, we are equipped to do these things. And so what we are trying to do is say, hey, like, look, we want to identify those things that we practically, as a ministry, put our time, energy, and resources to doing, um, to offering, to hosting, to, uh, to providing, right? What, what, what do we want to do um, practically uh, so, that we can, so that we can make sure that we are uh, uh, providing opportunities for people to be disciples? Uh, we are providing opportunities for people to worship. We are providing opportunities for people to fellowship. We are providing opportunities for us to serve. And so, We've been outlining some things over the last couple of weeks. A few weeks ago, we kind of looked at a um, some guide, guiding principles, if you will, um, the guiding principles uh, that we uh, laid out. Um, uh, uh, and then last week we looked at um, we looked at uh, the the Great Commission, and we just looked at some like new like paradigms, or maybe even refreshed some old paradigms of of, of looking at the Great commission and um and identifying like okay this is this is going to be kind of like our heart in this is you know how we want to follow what jesus told us to follow and we want to understand that in broad terms um so for instance last week we talked about this idea of like when jesus says go make disciples of all nations we as a church go, hey, we do that. We support missions. We've been a big supporter of missions for, uh, you know, 33 years. And, and we, we are doing that. We've gone on mission trips. And we said, okay, yeah, we're talking about missions in that way. We're talking about missions like international missions and um, going to the nations. But we're also just talking about going to people who are different from us. People who are outside of our comfort zone. Um, and, and identifying ways that we can do that. And that's where I think about like family promise that like really as a church, that kind of fits uh, an opportunity for us to go and serve people who are very different from us. And there might be other opportunities out there that we identify that we want to do. Um, today, here's the thought process that I have, and, and, and it comes under this word um, capacity. Capacity. I was talking about capacity with one of my friends this week, and uh, he he like me he's he's around my age and uh, he's a full time professional. His wife is a full time professional, and they have a daughter, 
and he was talking about how their schedule gets so full between their work and their daughter's activities and then good endeavors that they're partnering with. He's, um, he's part of a nonprofit up in the Fort Worth area. And, uh, and he said, man, they're heavily involved in their church. And he said, you know, like sometimes like by Thursday, we are just exhausted, just worn out. And so we were talking about this idea of capacity and, and knowing, you know, sometimes all the things that we want to do, we can't do. There's another word that gets thrown around lately that people will say bandwidth. And they're not talking about Wi-Fi but they're talking about their own personal bandwidth, knowing what they, what they can, you know, what they can take in and what they can process, uh, what they can handle. Uh, interestingly enough, Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter number 14. And y'all will be very familiar with this passage. Uh, in Luke chapter number 14, we find that there were uh, great multitudes following Jesus. This is picking up at verse number 25. Uh, there were great multitudes following him, and Jesus turned unto them and he says some really, uh, some really challenging words. If any man came, uh, come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Very hard, challenging words. And Jesus uh, is trying to encourage people uh, to consider the cost of what it means to follow him. Uh, He had already told his disciples uh, that they would be brought before kings and rulers and councils. And they'd be persecuted. They'd be questioned. They'd be challenged. Are you willing to endure these things? Are you willing to count that cost? Uh, not, what does it involve to count the cost? You have to know what it's going to cost you. And so Jesus talks about discipleship after Him. Um, it's not as easy as we would like to make it in America, is it? We talked about this. We are not here to get people just to say a prayer. We're here to uh, mature, fully-fledged disciples of Jesus. That's, that's our goal. Now, somebody says a prayer and they confess Jesus as Lord and they commit their life to Him. We're going to celebrate that. Yeah, we're going to celebrate it. And we're going to party like they party in heaven whenever one sinner repents, right? I mean, that's good. We're going to celebrate that. But that's not where it ends. And, uh, and so um, we're not going to be satisfied just by saying, man, look how many people we got to uh, acknowledge you know, this truth and this reality. But we're going to be intent on how do we take and, and teach them the truth. Not just sit down in the class and everybody pull out your pen and pad and your paper and we're going to teach you the truth, but how are we going to model for them what it looks like to be followers of Jesus? Jesus tells us that discipleship 
uh, is costly. And uh, he challenges the multitudes who are following him. Now, if you know anything about the life of Jesus, were there multitudes following him at the end? Hmm. So it seems like a lot of people took this message to heart. I don't know that I am willing to forsake my family or my own life to follow you. And then Jesus moves on and he says this. He gives them uh, uh, an illustration, a word picture, a parable, if you will. Uh, He says, which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether you have sufficient resources to finish it? Lest happily after he laid the foundation, uh, is not able to finish it, and all who look at this half-built tower, all who look at this uh, half-built tower begin to mock him and say, uh, this man began to build and was not able to finish. So, Jesus tells us in discipleship, it is necessary for us to count the cost. And I would say, uh, because our church is about making disciples, being disciples who make disciples, it's necessary for us to count the cost. It's necessary for us to consider the capacity that we have to invest in different uh, offerings uh, that we collectively do uh, to promote discipleship, worship, fellowship, and service. Whenever I think about capacity, I think capacity starts somewhere, but it doesn't finish there. So while we might look around and we might evaluate the capacity that we currently presently have, our personal capacity, right? what, what time, what energy, what resources do I have to give to this collective body of believers to promote discipleship, fellowship, worship, and service. What, 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 what can I do? I have to consider that, right? And then we as a collective body need to say, hey, here's the time, energy, and resources that our people have, that we as a body of believers have, that we are able to invest in discipleship, worship, fellowship, and service. And here's the thing. We might get to the end of this like the season and go, we're doing what we have the capacity to do at this point. We're doing it. Then what I would say is, let's walk confidently in that. Let's be assured in that. Let's stand fast in that. Let's say, God, we're, you've given us this and we're giving it back to you and, and, and that's what we can do. And you know what, Sage what? can do a lot more because they have a lot more resources. And at the end of the day, we're not competing with them because we're all trying to build the kingdom. We might identify, hey, we don't have the capacity for that here. Right? And I talked about this. Like, like think about like people who have Children who are junior high and high school age, we have a couple of them here, right? They're going to look for somewhere where they have kids of 
junior high and high school age and there's a group and it's called the youth group and they get to do that and you know what we might not have the capacity as friends of baptist church to have our own youth group but you know what i know that there is a youth group in friendswood that's not tied to any church but supports all churches it's this youth group called young life you know, I, I was thinking about this just off, off the top of my head the other day. You know, like uh, uh, James Boone, and I didn't know this whenever I was in high school, but James Boone, Dr. James Boone, and his wife Ruth led campaigners for a lot of kids who were my generation and after. Every, you know, so Young Life is a club on Monday night and it's campaigners on Wednesday night, which is like kind of like their discipleship forum. It's a Bible study and discipleship. And I thought... How awesome, <laughs> how awesome that, that, that these kids got their lives poured into by these really, really, really gifted, bright, brilliant, faithful servants of God. And really, then I started thinking, and I'm not against any youth director out there, but could you imagine me coming out of Bible college and that's what everybody expects. You come out of Bible college, and I'm going to be the youth d- director. Like this guy who comes out of Bible college, who has very little life experience, because I'm young and because I have the energy, well, he should be the one walking with our teenagers. Or should it be somebody who has some years and experience and still is youthful and vi- vi- uh, you know, uh, has some vitality? And I'll tell you, Ruth Boone has some vitality. Well, we were at a friend's house uh, uh, celebrating her birthday a couple years ago, and Ruth Boone was uh, in a dress, and she went and hopped on a, a, a pool float uh, in the middle of this party. And I was like, that is the wildest, craziest thing. And I thought, of course she did Young Life. Of course she was the one who was doing stuff like that. So whenever I'm talking about capacity, if we don't have the capacity... We don't have to stick our hands. We don't have the capacity. We can go, hey, you know what? We do have the capacity. We have the capacity to support Young Life and to promote it. And we have the capacity that people in our church can actually volunteer in it. And guess what? Then what, what are we doing as a church? Oh, everything, we're building our kingdom? No, we're building the kingdom. We're participating in that which is beyond us. It's the same thing that we do with Family Promise. We partner with other ministries and us collectively are doing kingdom work. It's not Friendswood Baptist Church promoting ourselves. And so these are the things that I consider with capacity. As I said, capacity can grow. And we've seen this in our church. We've seen it over the last six years in our church. Over the last six years, We've seen that we used to have uh, Brother Mitch and Miss Kim, who were our musicians at this church. We had some other singers who came alongside them uh, for many years. And Brother Mitch uh, saw the capacity that we had and worked within that capacity, but also began to kind of give us a vision of uh, going beyond that capacity. And so for a while, she would play the piano and he would play his guitar. 
and lead the singing that way. And then, uh, and then he went to play the piano, and uh, she went to just being a vocalist with other vocalists. And then piece by piece, oh wait, and then Brother Mitch said, you know what, we could have a full band feel, because he's a really talented musician, I don't know if y'all gathered that. Um, it's hard to see on a Sunday morning, but um, <laughs> he's a super talented musician, and so he, 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 he doesn't just play the piano, he can play the bass, and he can play drums, and he, and he can actually, and, and things that he can't play, he, like uh, maybe the, 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 the instrument or can't set up to play, he uh, also can play the keyboard and, 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 do, and, and manufacture some of those tones and sounds and everything. So he said, you know what I can start doing is I can start making tracks that have a full band. And so for a, like a year and a half, two years, I don't know, we, we would come in here and there would be a track playing and there would be um, you know, him on the piano and uh, Miss Kim and uh, maybe Miss Faith was there at some points and Brittany and Miss Vicky and they would be singing and, 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 and it's changed dynamics from here to there. And then what happened was, uh, you know, Brother Mike started playing the djembe and then uh, we, you know, uh, Miss Barbara started coming, and, and she started, uh, you know, plucking away at the guitar, and then, uh, and then, and then we got this this Jones family, and um, and uh, and Mama sang uh, bass, and Daddy sang tenor, or something like that, right? You know, uh, uh, but Danielle was like, oh, you know, I grew up her family deeply invested in the church, and. Uh, and you're singing for a long time. She's like, I love to sing and participate. Toby made an offhanded statement about um, playing the bass guitar and learning it. And uh, in January of 2020, Toby did not know how to play the bass guitar. Isn't that amazing? You wouldn't know that today, would you? But here's what I want to see. The capacity was worked within there was a vision beyond that capacity, and then we began to expand our capacity in that. And what I love about um, our musicians here is every one of them is from here and devoted to here. And the only reason why I say that is because that's a rarity. And I've told you all this before, but there are, there are churches that have you know, much bigger venues and much you know, bigger budgets and things of that nature. And it's hard for them to get a team from within their church or to build that capacity from within their church. So, so they have to use resources to bring in bass players and, and different instruments to fill in because they don't have the, the people there uh, uh, dedicated to that cause. I, I told Brother Mitch, as I was thinking about this sermon series, and just kind of the season that we we're going to be in, I was like, I, I feel like, you know, our praise team is like a model of what I see whenever I think about like our children's ministry. And see, whenever I think about capacity, I think, okay, well, right now we know we have the capacity to have children's church on Sunday mornings. And we have dedicated people who are there to, to facilitate our children's church each week. But then I go, man, I, I see a vision for their having there being more capacity even right now and for that even growing beyond that. 
And so whenever we are praying and we're thinking and we're trying to identify, hey, who we are and what do we want to really invest our time, energy, and resources into, this question of capacity comes up. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to start building a tower. And not be able to complete it. And so, I want us to consider our capacity for our worship service. Is this, is this what we want? Like, is this, just checking the boxes, if you will. Are there other, are there other, um, Elements that we could bring into our worship service on Sunday mornings when we gather together? Are there some things that we need to take away? I know y'all will all say, we'll take away your time. And I will not disagree with you <laughs> on that. Um, but y'all will ha- actually have to like hold up like red signs <laughs> and, uh, and, and get me stopping. Uh, all right, yeah, there you go. So, I'm done. So let me just finish with this, okay? Jesus told people who were going to follow him that they had to consider the cost. We've all bought into following Jesus. Right, we are there. And what we're saying is, uh, as, a, as a body of believers, we're not only bought into following Jesus, we're bought into following Jesus together. It, and this is who we are right now. We are this people. And we want to, we want to maximize every ounce of our capacity that we have. And we can see that capacity expanding beyond what we can see right now. Brother Mitch, could you ever have conceived that first Sunday that this is what you would have? You wanted it. Could you have ever thought like, yeah, I, I, just a few years and we're going to have a full band up there. Like, <laughs> like, and they're all just going to piece by piece buy into Friendswood Baptist Church and buy into being committed to leading worship with you. Right? So our capacity is here now. And it's a solid capacity, but how do we maximize our capacity? How, how do we develop that? And then what we do within our capacity be able to see that done like a beautiful building, not a broken down tower. You know, whenever I think about this, I said, children's church, I'm just going to throw out these things. These are the things that I would have you be praying about. We have worship services on Sunday mornings. We have children's church. Um, We have nurseries, the opportunity and availability for nurseries. Um, We do family promise. 
right? On Wednesday nights, I offer a live stream Bible study. Maybe that needs to change or maybe we need to do something different. These are all the things that we're going to look at. And we're going to think, okay, so this is what we have the capacity for right now. And we're going to consider, okay, are there other elements that we want that we might not have the capacity for ourselves, but we can identify others, other ministries in our community that we can partner with them. And we can serve alongside one another. Like I said, like with Young Life. And Jesus, I believe, says it's not just costly to be a disciple, but it's also, also costly to make disciples. And so we've bought into following Jesus. We've bought into following Jesus together, but we've bought into following Jesus so that we can help others know who he is and follow him as well. And so when we consider our capacity, let's consider the cost of what we have, what we're willing to give, so that we collectively can be disciples who make disciples. And with that, I say, amen. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for who you are. I pray and I ask that you would be with us this morning. Uh, Help us to receive uh, your word, Lord, in this message. Uh, I pray and I ask that you would would help us to consider the cost. Lord, some of us, when we consider the cost, it's not just to say, man, that's costly. It's to say, it's costly and I'm going to pay that cost. Some of us, when we consider the cost, we know we don't have the resources to, to pay. Uh, but we're not called to do this alone. So we can rely on one another. I pray and I ask that you would be with us as we consider these things. I pray these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. I'm going to ask you to consider and to take some time, not only today, but throughout this week, your time, your energy, and your resources that you have to participate in the collective endeavors of Friends of Baptist Church. If you are given the maximum amount of your time, let the Lord speak that to you and receive it from Him. Don't let the enemy accuse you. So this is not a condemnation, shame, judgment uh, proposition right here. This is asking the Lord honestly. Lord, is there time that I have that I could give to my brothers and my sisters? Or am I giving the time that I have? Uh, The energy, the creativity, uh, right? The skill. Am I given that which I can give? Or is there more that I could give? That I can part, partner and participate in uh, maximizing capacity. Uh, are there resources that I have, Lord? Uh, resources that are not always financial. We have ladies who come in and give us the skill of uh, pushing a vacuum and, uh, 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 and, and wiping down sinks. And I'm so thankful for them. But that's the kinds of things that I want us to be considering is... Uh, where we all stand in this. And again, what we want to do is be able to identify where we're at as a ministry, what we have the capacity for, maximizing that capacity, 
having a vision to even increase it. So you go to the Lord right now, maybe begin asking these questions, and then in just a moment, Brother Mitch is going to uh, lead us out with a song. Thank you.